바로 소인 정말 너무한 거 아니야 수천 년을 살았더니 뭐가 나쁜 건지 도무지 모르겠어 엄마로 살인 애들이 정말 불쌍하지 않니 아니 뭐가 불쌍해 나 게임할 거니까 말 시키지 마 이마저의 그가 저기 가네 얼음병에 차가운 공격 피해 엄마는 운명 헤쳐나가면 언젠가 답을 찾겠지 Hello, vampire queens and aspiring wizards, and welcome to Flooping the Pig, the premier Adventure Time podcast brought to you by the PW Ponderings Podcast Network. I'm Brad Groon, the man who doesn't mind when a blade of grass gets stuck to his arm. And with me, as always, is Justin, Tiffany Houston, and the Earl of Kevin Grab, Kevin Ford. Today, we bring you episode three, Youth Culture Forever! Youth Culture Forever! In which we talk about episodes nine through 12 of Adventure Time. In the interest of keeping things moving quickly, let's get right into it. Kevin Ford, where's your head at as it concerns episode nine, my two favorite people? Well, this is the debut of uh, Rainicorn, Jake's girlfriend, who I guess we didn't really know about uh, until this episode. He's conflicted because he wants to spend time with uh, Finn going on adventures, but he also wants to spend time with Lady Rainicorn and, you know, make sure their relationship doesn't go to shit. And he kind of falls in between and he feels like he's not getting to spend enough time with either, so he decides. Hey, what the heck? Well, actually, he is a... What's the name of that worm that lives in his guitar? Shelby. Shelby decides, well, why don't you just have them hang out together? And so all three of you can hang out. So he decides to do that. But first, they have to go to... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name of the lake they go to. Like, Selzazon? I don't know. They say it so fast. Right. Well, I, it's, I, I looked up the spellings. It's S-Z-E-L-E-Z-O-N. So let's just go Selazon or whatever, um, mm-hmm. because they need to find a translator because Lady Rainicorn does not speak English like Jake and Finn do, but Jake understands her. So he gets the translator, and the only translation that they can deal with on there is for her to sound like an old man talking like uh, speaking English so they can understand. So the problem here is that Finn and Lady Rainicorn become such good friends that Jake becomes jealous, and he goes through his phone to find another friend of his. I don't remember. the. Is it Tiffany? Tiffany's it was Tiffany. Friend? Tiffany's the friend's name, and it turns out to be a boy. But you don't, wouldn't know that because he has long hair. So as he's, he and uh, Jake are playing music to lure Lady Rainicorn and Finn there to become jealous. You eventually find out that he's a boy. Finn attacks him, and then everything gets resolved, and all three of them are just fine. And they have Lady Rainicorn lose the translator. And I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was a little strange to just kind of throw it out there that Jake has had this longtime girlfriend we're supposed to know about. But I like the character. It was fun. It was just a, a good episode. I also like um how Lady, how Jake says he's sorry for being stupid, and Lady Rainicorn says, that's okay, I like you because you're stupid. It makes me feel smart. And then at the end, Finn ends the episode by saying they should all be stupid forever together. Yeah, I dug that a lot. Is I don't think it's so strange that um that Lady Rainicorn and Jake are supposed to have been together. I mean, if, you, if you've seen the pilot, the original pilot, that's, I think, where they meet. And it looks like they're about to hit it off. And then don't they play Seven Minutes in Heaven together in the pi- in the first Cartoon Network episode? They do. Okay, well, I forgot about that. So my apologies, everyone. Yeah. So I like a bunch of things about this episode. It actually, I, I, I don't know for sure if they knew it at the time, although they might have. Because, Justin, you said last week that business time is when the showrunners decided they were going to build out a real world and have a lot of continuity. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time that we, yeah, that they really, uh, I guess, kind of started building that continuity well you can see if you if you follow the show you can see a lot of seeds are planted in this episode especially any problem that jake and finn have with each other it really is something that branches out of this inherent issue that jake is older than finn 
Jake is a dog, so he ages faster than Finn. His maturity level is higher than Finn's, and he eventually becomes interested in other things, like having a girlfriend or later maybe a family or just adult responsibility. Finn is just interested in adventuring. So that comes up here. Shelby debuts here. We hear about, we hear a lady's voice for the first time. There were a few other things I can't remember now. I took a bunch of notes when I was watching the episode, and now I can't remember at all. Here, Justin, I want to get your, your thoughts on the episode before I, I have bring my beef yeah, I, I liked it a lot because it was a it was a problem that uh, I it, it's pretty relatable and and I've been in that situation before. Someone who's been in a lot of different relationships, um, having to try to integrate that person with with another part of your life, and realizing that's like nine times out of ten a really bad idea. Which is not necessarily the message here, but I have found in my own life that trying to merge those things is usually really uh, just a stupid, selfish way of, um, you know, worlds colliding for Seinfeld fans. Um, and uh, so in that in that respect, I really like this a lot, and I like seeing Jake go through kind of an, I, I don't want to say an adolescent struggle, but it was definitely um, something personal to him rather than just some big snarling beast. It was just this, his sort of, you know, his complicated emotional state. I thought that was pretty cool. I had one issue with this episode. I agree that it's very cool. The reasons I said before and the reasons that both of you guys mentioned. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of kids do watch this show. And I'm not saying that television needs to be responsible for the behavior of children. If parents are really concerned, they can watch TV with their kids and tell them what's right and what's wrong. But when you have a protagonist like Finn who talks all the time about wanting to do the right thing, which we get into a lot in the next episode, it actually like really bothered me that he spit in Tiffany's face. Oh, ciao ragazzi! Scusatemi, stavo passando un pochino di tempo con la mia bellissima amica Tiffany. Zitto, Lady potrebbe ingelosirsi. Vorrei che succedesse a tutti e due. E perché dovrei essere geloso di Tiffany? Perché Tiffany è un maschio! <laughs> Adesso sarò io il miglior amico di Jake per sempre! When they were Yes! Rumble. I had forgotten about that until the end. I mean, it was with malice. Yeah, I totally that, – that's such an unheroic and, like, lazily disgusting, despicable thing to do. I had forgotten all about it until I rewatched this. Yeah, and we're going to – it comes up again later a few episodes from now. We're, we'll talk about the uh, evicted episode, but he does it again in that episode too. And I just – I'm not sure why the the writers chose to have Finn be the kind of kid who spits. It's just really, it is, it's just really gross and rude, and I'm not sure, I, when I see that, I think, like, well, that's that's something a bad guy does. That's what, like, the villain does when he's, when he wants to piss off the hero, not something a heroic person does. It's just, it's one of those things you have to forgive in a, in, a, uh, in an original season, in the first season, um, simply because it's, uh, they're still trying to figure out the character, figure out where that line is, and obviously that's a line that they're pretty careful about after the first season to not cross again, at least not without when he doing something like that draws an immediate response from another character, you know, sort of chastising him for it. Where in this case, he just spit in someone's face and they ran away. And that was pretty, and they lived happily ever after, which is pretty, right. uh, not good, not a good thing to, uh, expose a kid to. Right. Especially given that like Tiffany didn't actually do anything wrong. I mean, we find out, you find out later, Tiffany's kind of a, a, a piece of crap, but, but in the meantime, what we know about him now is, that's so weird. What we know about Tiffany now, the guy, his, uh, <laughs> his old friend called him, asked him to come hang out, and his new friend spit in his face. 
<laughs> yeah, he was just trying to help his buddy out when his other friend abandoned him. Yeah. A little more diplomatic about it when, when Finn came around, but otherwise, didn't yes. really do much wrong. I agree. I guess, I guess what it comes down to is when Tiffany does return, we at least know now, and I want us to remember this conversation later, okay. but we at least know now why he is so adamant about acting the way he acts later. He's a real psychopath. Okay, awesome. I think that's one of the traits that really comes out with Finn later, knowing the history and what kind of person he is, that the decision to make him sort of more empathetic and more uh, kind to sort of, I don't say smaller creatures, but um, he's not a person to go out of his way to embarrass someone, which is something you would definitely want a kid to do. A trait you'd want to have in a child uh, and want to reinforce. So this is the, one of the few times where he really just straight up embarrasses someone and doesn't feel badly about it. Right. Well, speaking about not wanting to embarrass someone and not wanting people to feel badly or bad, as it were, because I guess that's the proper way to say that. The next episode, Memory of Boom Boom Mountain, sees Finn reliving a childhood trauma in which, as a baby, he crapped on a leaf. Or, sorry, went boom boom on a leaf. Boom boom then fell backwards into his boom-boom and cried for a day. And during that time, some uh, large bugs pointed out that he has problems, and he was very, very upset by this, and has vowed since then to make everyone, except apparently Tiffany, feel good, right? Or never feel sad. To fix Um, their problems. Right. To fix all of their problems. And that becomes a problem when their problems conflict. He's friends with these marauders because they have a lot in common. They all love to fight. But a nearby living mountain is very sensitive and doesn't like watching the Marauders fight. So he asks Finn to make the Marauders stop. Finn screws up uh, in a way that I think we'll talk about in a minute. He tries a couple different ways. It doesn't really work. And then eventually everyone comes in with his problems. And he has to get super creative, making a, a giant sort of Rube Goldberg machine that doesn't actually, when I scrutinized it, work to keep everyone happy in their comforts and, in some cases, perversions. It's. It was one that, as it built up, I didn't really know where it was going or why it was happening. Um, because uh, you sort of there was. I, I didn't see the whole you know Rube Goldberg device coming into play and one thing solving another. So I really was I, at the time when I first saw it. I thought this is going to end very unsatisfying. I thought they would. They were just going to like, especially given the last episode. I thought maybe they would just run away and there'd be some terrible lesson in it. But in kind of a good indication of them figuring out what they liked about the character and what they'd want to reinforce going forward, he stayed the course and says, no, I can do this. I can figure it out and I can uh, resolve everyone's issue and I'm going to do it. And it was it's that sort of it's something that he does later on too a lot. It's that when everyone starts telling him, hey, you, you can give this up, you can probably stop this now. He's, he, there's this hard headedness to the how earnest and how uh, you know how he wants to help people that he just forces the issue and he figures out a way and this was another one of those times so it's kind of you know again with the last episode him acting kind of nasty at the end you got to think that they would they'd look at those and go well how would we want him to be you know do we do we want a rebellious side and again that's what a season one of any show is about it's just about deciding what works and what doesn't um and they didn't want Finn to be a kid who spit on people. They wanted him to be someone who, even when people are saying, you know, uh, maybe you should not do this or maybe you should, you know, you don't have to do this. He's got this earnestness and this will to help people. And that's uh, kind of a big part of 
the episode. And you get to meet Joshua for the first time and Joshua's amazing voice along with uh, I forget what their mother's character is. Uh, Margaret. Her name is Margaret. Yes. What do you want, baby? Why are you crying? Margaret, this baby won't tell me what's wrong with it, and it's stuck to a leaf, and it stinks. Give it here, Joshua. This baby just needs some love and kisses to be happy. Mwah. Mwah. There. See? Now it's happy. You just kissed a boom boom baby. So don't expect any more sugar from me, sweetheart, until we wash your dirty, dirty face. <laughs> so even briefly, it's pretty great. And uh, him telling her that she's not going to get any more sugar since she just kissed a boom boom baby uh until she like cleans herself was wonderful not until she washes her dirty mouth yes he sounds like an old like 30s dad on a tv show now if you don't clean her mouth here yeah i'm not gonna give you any sugar until you wash your dirty mouth (laughs) it's awesome are those supposed to be jake's parents yeah those are jake's parents and finn's parents because the finn was adopted by the dogs okay are we supposed to know that yet i mean that's that's that that's them telling you but that's they do the get a little more explicit yeah okay I'm, I'm not i'm not like oh gosh darn it you spoiled me because that's not really a spoiler um, yeah no it's not a, it's Josh... not a big plot point of any episode or sure like well that. that's that's not that's well i guess the adoption's not a big plot point like we never right. we never really get into like finn's real origin at least not to date but although well i don't want to get into that we'll talk about it all later but we do joshua and margaret do come back or rather, their legacy does come back in different ways because of well, for both. More like Margaret for Jake and Joshua for Finn. But that's another story for another day. Kev, did you like this episode? Yeah, I did like it. It was a little absurd, which is right up my alley. I like when things are a little weird. Like the boom boom thing is pretty weird. The whole Rugal work machine is pretty weird. The whole concept of that, of this mountain crying and these people just the villagers fighting all the time is pretty absurd in of itself. Uh, also, Boom Boom is Cole Cabana's nickname, so there's a joke about shit and Cole Cabana to be made. I'll let the, the <laughs> listeners make that themselves. Um, I did think it was great that the female mountain's problem was that if the male mountain turned around, she couldn't look at dad ass. She didn't use those exact words, but that was the implication. No. She, she said beautiful back, not dad ass. <laughs> we all know what she meant, though. Did anyone else find it very disturbing that all the when they were all petting each other and they pet each other raw? Yeah, that was really gross. Yeah. That was really gnarly. Yeah. My maybe my favorite joke of the episode was when they're all sitting there raw, and the Marauders are like, "Yeah, this is uh, we took this too far." And someone tries to rub the weeder guy again, and he's like, "Hey, yeah. we're not doing that anymore. All right." Like, <laughs> really that. They're like, "We're going back to what we know." If we if we're gonna talk about favorite jokes, I just want to sneak back to the to uh, the previous episode. Uh, my two favorite people, which I think was really funny all around, and the way people reacted to each other was really great all around. But when Shelby comes out of the viola and asks Jake what's wrong, and Jake, you know, is mulling it over and not immediately telling him what's wrong, Shelby's like, oh, you're just going to be quiet? All right, peace. And then Jake's like, <laughs> actually goes, oh, you're talking? All right, fine. Tell me what's up. That was I really like that awesome. A lot. I yeah. like those sort of, uh, anytime a show like that gives some element of, like, awkward human interaction between characters that it feels like they have a history that you don't know. Um and that comes in like the next episode. My favorite joke in the episode is exactly like that. It's just uh, like a piece of human interaction that uh, seems out of place. That always kills me. Well, the next episode is Wizards, and in it, Finn and Jake meet a really nasty skeleton man who offers them wizard powers for free, 
or magic powers for free, but it's magic spelled with a K. And as we find out, nothing's really free. So, Justin, why don't you jump right in and tell us what your favorite joke was? Yeah, at the very beginning, when they go through, they go through this big sort of demonic doorway. They you meet mean the this, demonic uh, butthole? Yes, the demonic butthole. That's what they go through. And um, they get to the other side, and they're approached by this like frog-like creature who is directing them to, to talk about... Uh, they're going to meet Bufo, I think is his name. He kind of talks in riddles for a second, and it immediately angers Jake. And he shakes his very realistic Ren and Stimpy-esque fist at him. And so he sort of exposes his throat, like the croaked throat, and there's these tiny creatures inside, and they are collectively Bufo. But one of them hanging in the back, when they they sort of they talk in unison, and one of them just decides to be a jerk, and he has this smug look on his face, where he's saying everything just a second after everyone else. So they're announcing themselves, and it doesn't quite sound right, and they stop mid-sentence and scold that guy. They have to all talk in unison, otherwise no one can understand them. And they just go back to talking, and of course the episode is them getting magic powers and finding out that there's a negative consequence. But that initial joke and that's, that smug look on that little Bufo's face just kills me. His name's Leonard. The, Leonard, uh, that's right. That I, I knew they hand. gave him a, yeah, like a person's name. I knew they scolded him with a name, but I couldn't remember what it was. But I love that. And the episode in general. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was weird that after this really disgusting demon door, they are literally farted out of the demon's butt. And then the episode itself is very video games. It's very, um, you know, do this to get this achievement, do this to get this achievement. And as we've spoken about before, and we will many times again, the show pays a ton of homage to video games. Or what I like, But what I like the best about this episode by far was it's really, you know, you think the moral is, you know, Bufo tricks uh, Finn and Jake into uh, doing all these tasks they can get, so they can get magic powers, and then Finn gets stuck, uh, you know, ostensibly gets stuck in this magic academy forever, because once you reach the master level of wizardry, you have to uh, be there with these two other wizards holding back a meteor for all time. And so the message is either, you know, nothing comes for free, or you shouldn't trick people. But in the end, Bufo takes credit for something that Finn does, or something like that. I can't remember, even though I just watched this like a half hour ago. And, and Finn makes the moral episode, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to quit your job, but you're not allowed to take credit for other people's ideas. And that becomes the moral for the whole episode. And I just really like the bait and switch. I also like the fact that in the giant explosion, that their clothes are like blown off. Yes. Uh, and that uh, Jake's oh, all his like, fur. Yeah, yeah. And all his furs blown off. Because, um, I don't know, it just seems like an amusing consequence of their actions is that they would just, they'd get like blown up and just kind of be standing there arguing naked at the end. Um, yeah, I liked all the video game stuff. It was very video gaming, like the tears that they were going through. Um, what was the, uh, he could like conjure mayonnaise, right? Was that the thing he could do? Or one of the things that he could do, Jake? I don't know, Kev, could he conjure mayonnaise? I know he could He could make dust motes do whatever he wanted and tell what their mood was. Do you not see that you are using dustomancy? Behold. I'm doing this? So, I have... Yes, mastery over all dust motes. You can also read their emotions. For instance, this moat is very unhappy in his marriage. Yeah, and uh, they could do stuff with hair. There was, yeah, they they were able to grow in their own hair, and they were able to 
Uh, yeah, there was one part where they were just shoving. I didn't know if it was mayonnaise or like some sort of like a, like whipped cream or or frosting or something to each other's mouths. But sure, mayonnaise is as good as guess as any. Yeah, I think it was because at first I saw it and I thought, oh, it's like milk or something. That's weird. But I loathe mayonnaise. Oh, me too. Uh, so it's the worst. It's, at some point, he insisted. What? You guys are crazy. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, it's one what? of those things. I'll, I'll cook with like with it in stuff, but. I'm not going to like put it on a sandwich because all you're going to have is just a ruined sandwich with mayonnaise all over it and depression well, and sadness. That much, you don't have to use that much mayonnaise. You, you're in control of the amount of mayonnaise. I do control it. I use none mayonnaise. <laughs> That's right. Perfect oh, amount. man. So you would to, appreciate I that to... ability, I guess, but we, um, we, we would not. And it, uh, once he said, he said, like, I'm living, you know, I'm living the life. I don't need anything else. I, I got mayonnaise whenever I want it. And I, I, I almost vomited. It was so gross. So one of my favorite parts of the episode, one of my favorite jokes is when, uh, when, when they complete level one after eating the brooms to become a uh, dustomancies, as they called them, where they could talk to the dust and see the feelings. And Finn at first is disappointed. And then he kind of explains to him, no, this is what you can do. And Finn goes like, yeah, all right. And Jake just goes, yeah, fake that enthusiasm. <laughs> That's right. The other thing I like that, I, I guess it was kind of a joke. So at the beginning, they're just walking along the field and they're just pondering, like, you wonder ever wonder what a demon's heart looks like or it tastes like. And then at the end of the episode, when um when the bufo comes back and it's like, hey, do you guys want to see this demon heart? And they go, oh yeah, full circle. And then the episode ends. Oh god, that wasn't bufo. Whatever his name is, I don't know. <laughs> that demon they didn't, fellow. They didn't name him. He's a demon guy. Okay, so bufo is the toad that looks like Hypno Toad. He's the little creatures inside the throat. Okay, well, to- well the right. toad looks like Hypnotoad. Right. The toad is not named. The tadpoles are all Bufo, but one tadpole is Leonard. Right, because he was being obnoxious in the beginning. Exactly. So that just leaves Evicted, the debut of Marceline the Vampire Queen. Justin, you want to take us through it? Marceline the Vampire Queen shows up and says, Hey, this is my place. Leave. Uh, and so they have to go and reluctantly at first, but Jake is deathly afraid of Marceline, um, always. And, uh, they have to go find a new place and they settle on a cave after some, uh, hilarious musical interludes, them just sort of wandering and trying to find new homes that always backfire in the best ways possible. Uh, and then they get a new place and then Marceline tries to take it again. And they end, how do they end up back in the tree fort? Marceline crashes their party in the cave and says that it's her cave too. And then they fight her. She bites Jake and drains what you believe that she drains all his blood, but he puts all his blood and guts in his thumb first with a shape-shifting ability so that he lives. Let go of Jake! Make me. You okay, Pat? No one makes me let go of Jake! And then Finn smacks around and spits in her face and she enjoys the fight so she lets them have their treehouse back as a gift from her which she says in a horrifying way oh yeah that's right okay yeah i i like this one i mean i didn't i i really my favorite stuff is them looking for the new house and constantly like uh they think they found someplace nice and it just either it turns out it's a living entity or it's just like it backfires in some manner those were great especially with the the musical yes uh, the song on. is what makes it for me. Yeah. Have you guys heard the song in Korean? I, I have a feeling when we listen to the podcast, we will. You will. It will <laughs> be the intro for this episode. Oh, go. really? Okay. That's yeah. why. Why do? How do we have a Korean version of it? Internet. I think. Well, this show. Yes. Thank you, Internet. This show is broadcast all over the place. 
which isn't an interesting fact, except that um, in Australia it's like heavily censored, which lets you the fact that it needs to be censored at all shows what kind of show we're dealing with and why Australia is so sensitive. I don't understand, but yeah, that that's why we have it. Um, did anyone notice that Tree Trunks appears in this episode despite being dead in the current? Yes, time? I did not. I had not noticed that. Um, yes, yeah, she's dancing at the party in the cave. Oh. Hmm. Oh, well. Again, chalk that up to, like, first season oopsies <laughs> that are prevalent well, in makes, basically every series, but yeah. It makes me wonder if the production order and the order that they aired are, are not the same. It rarely is. I mean, it's especially with cartoon series that are supposed to be nonlinear. They just sort of stick them where they air them whenever they want to air them. I don't know why, but that's I think that's probably part of the struggle. So right, that's it would make sense for this episode to have a very early production number because Marceline is such a big character, and for her to come in, you know, nine episodes into the season, I I always found kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah. Another thing is the ending is sort of without going into spoilers, kind of mirrors something that probably happens off screen in like a season two episode with uh, the worm at the end, right? Oh, the Worm King. Yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> he doesn't, like, hypnotize Finn and Jake. You just hug him. He does well, here, but, you know, he comes back later, and I wonder... So, Justin, this is... Because Kevin, I don't think, has watched these later episodes, and we'll get into this again in a few weeks, slash maybe probably months, actually. Do you think that that um, this episode takes place right before the episode Worm King, or do you think Worm King is just in their treehouse the entire time? I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to say whether they're um, it just it feels like the exact setup for an episode later on in the series. It's season two, I think that involves. No, I think it's dude. I think it's season four. Is it really that far along? Wow. I thought I it was um, pretty soon after, but I don't know. Maybe maybe he's just always there, but that would be really hard to explain. So we'll say he leaves and comes back. Just because yeah, it is a season, season four. four. Yeah, it is a season four episode. Um, and then I just did a, a tiny little bit of research, and indeed, this episode evicted was the third one produced, and Tree Trunks was the sixteenth one produced. So they did air out of order. Ah, okay. So now I feel better about continuity. I'm just going to assume this episode took place before the episode Tree Trunks, and all is right in the land of Ooh. Hooray! Yay! Kevin, <laughs> um, what do you think of this episode? Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add because I already said what my favorite part was. And, you know, Marceline's okay, I guess. Um, but, yeah, that's re- the only other thing I have to add is the is in the, the final portion of our episode. Yeah, Marceline becomes a very uh, – she becomes a very different character later on, like a lot of – you don't get a whole lot of character growth uh, in, in, you know, cartoon shows, especially children's cartoon shows that are sustained and that are changed and that – evolves the character um you get sort of like static changes where they're like i'll never do that again ah ha 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 and everyone laughs and then the next episode they're back to being a jerk and they'll just have to learn the lesson all over again but um the more you understand and learn about marceline the more you sort of appreciate who she is and why she is so the early episodes she just sort of feels like a fearsome bully but later episodes they kind of resolve that a little bit and make her um, a lot more sympathetic given the the large history of the show. Right, and she comes back once in season one, and then starting with the season premiere of season two, we really start to get 
uh, a good idea of how she's a, more of um, one of our main protagonists and not not like a pseudo, a tweener, if you will. She's the catalyst for a lot of the um, the adult emotional stuff. She kind of becomes that character that um, you can most, I don't want to say relate to as an adult, but a lot of the, the, the content that are geared strictly to be understood by older people are channeled through her and her character and her connection to the world that was. Yeah, well, she is one of the oldest characters on the show. She's angsty, and she's the center of what has to be considered the most controversial episode in the show's history, but we've got a little bit of a ways before we get there. Which Wait, which episode is that? What I think it's called What Mattered, or What Ma- It's the episode with the Door Lord. There's the, I, so you've mentioned that before in the last show, and I, so I'm very interested in this, because I don't know of any controversy involving that episode unless I just I missed something completely. So I will be... I look forward to doing that and lots of uh, later episodes too. Um, yeah, we've that's time, but but I don't want to uh, I don't want to spoil it. Make that an episode that we build to, right? That'll be like a yes. main event kind of episode for us. <laughs> Indeed. All right, but in the meantime, it's time for the part of the episode where we reveal whether or not we found the snail. Justin fell asleep watching the episode this time around, so I'm guessing you didn't find him at all. I found the snail no times, so... Right. Yeah. I also found the snail no times, but Kevin, I think you said you uh, you had better luck. I found him in every single episode. Lay it on us. All right, so my two favorite people, uh, when they go to Lake Selzazon to get the, the translator out of the bottom of the ocean, or lake or whatever, I guess it's a lake because it's called Lake Selzazon, uh, the snail's just sitting right there when they go and approach the lake. Uh, okay. Memories of Boom Boom Mountain... When everyone starts petting each other and they just go around showing it, uh, the first time they show Jake getting petted by a bunch of different animals, the snail's right in front. It's funny because they. for you on that one. Okay. Is the dolphin petting Jake very hard in that scene? I don't think the dolphin's in that scene until the end. Oh, because he super falls in love with Jake. Right, but that's not a problem. Adventure time. Adventure time. All right, go on. Well, it's funny because they uh, so they show the animals petting Jake and the snails there. Then they cut to to Finn saying something, and they cut back, and the snails gone, but the animals are still there yeah. petting Jake. So that's yeah, funny. that's how that works. Yeah. Um, in Wizard, um, when they're going through the rapid fire levels up for uh, Finn and Jake, and they're getting the stars and stuff, the last level they reach is level thirty-one, where they can just shoot fireworks out of their fingers into the air, and the snails just standing by their feet when they reach level thirty-one. Okay. And then finally during Evicted in the montage where they're going to find their new home, when they're walking through the fields, uh, you, you it's pretty quickly, but the snail is shown there just as they're passing by standing in the field waving. Um, there is also a snail in the party where Tree Trunks is, but it's not the snail. Okay. Now you didn't cheat, right? Nope, sure didn't. Okay, you're very good at this game. I, you even found a non snail snail like you that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah, yeah well done. that's the thing is the snail may have gotten in the way of my enjoyment of the episodes well not really because i really enjoyed all of them i actually think out of the three episodes so far this is the this is the best block of episodes we've watched yet in terms of consistency yeah i i agree with that uh i would i can't remember all that i loved about the episodes but i i love each and every one of these so that i guess that counts for something so maybe you're right uh, I gotta say, like, watching season one, these are the episodes I've seen the most, so it's sometimes hard for me to get really geeked up for them, but uh, my two favorite people is far and away one of my favorite episodes in the series, so that helps this block a lot. All right, I think it's Twitter time. Guys? It is Twitter Twi- time. Follow me on Twitter at KFord13. 
Follow the website on Twitter at PWPonderings. Whenever a new episode of this is published, it'll go up on there. Also, subscribe to Pro Wrestling Ponderings on iTunes. You'll get all the podcasts that I do, like Fan to Fan. This podcast also comes out early. It comes out on Sundays through iTunes or Stitcher Radio if you want to do that. And it goes live on site on Monday. So check that out. Check out the past two episodes. And again, you can follow along with us on Netflix if you have that because season one is up there right now. At Justin J. Houston. You can follow me at Garoongate, G-A-R-O-O-N-G-A-T-E. You can also follow just our Floop in the Pig podcast at DG Cool Kids Table because we're going to be bringing that Twitter feedback. Uh, if you go now, you can see that the lich has been added. So, yeah, follow all of those Twitter tweets. You can follow at Burger Weekly if you want to. And until next week, we've been Floop in the Pig. I Floop the Pig. Mm-hmm.